Welcome to the Defiant Business Podcast. A business podcast produced by Defy the Status Quo for forward-thinking businesses and savvy professionals looking to defy the status quo of mediocre customer experiences, barely surviving businesses, and haphazard business development. We'll explore best marketing and sales practices, improving business processes, attracting your ideal clients or customers, striking your perfect work-life balance, business basics, intentional inclusion in business, and so much more. Thank you for joining me today. Let's do this. Okay, welcome back for another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, your neighborhood friendly. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to steal that. I'm the radically authentic personal branding strategist, and I'm the founder of Defy the Status Quo, which is a marketing consultancy. And today I have with me Natasia Miller, whose previous episode we dived into her business. She is just this amazing, dynamic speaker, obviously, as well as a a just very thoughtful and uh, empathetic diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. And she works with both corporate organizations as well as entrepreneurs, including the solopreneurs. And that is actually the focus of our topic today. So Natasha, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me back, Ruthie. Such a pleasure always to chat with you. Okay. So today, today's title is, do you have these three diversity, equity, and inclusion blind spots? Now I will tell you guys, Natasha and I talked about several possible topics for this episode and I loved them all. Love them all. But I really, really liked the one that where she suggested, hey, let's talk about the blind spots that entrepreneurs have, that solopreneurs have as it relates to D, E, and I. And she listed three. So before we dive into the topic, I just want to remind you, if you want to learn more about her, more about kind of her origin story and what led her to be a D, E, and I consultant, hint, that was not part of her original life plan then you want to go back and listen to the first episode. And so now that I've said that, we're going to go ahead and dive in. Natasha, lay it on me. What's the first blind spot? The first blind spot is that people usually think that DE&I is a corporate thing, right? They feel like DE&I is only for corporates and only corporates should care about DE&I. Well, listen, entrepreneurs, you are, at the end of the day, not only business people, but human. And, you know, DE&I, you know, for corporates, a lot of times they do it as a tick box exercise. They do it as a must because the EEOC says you got to think about it. Um, but for for you as an entrepreneur, it's just as important because you have clients, too. If you are not a solopreneur, you hire people, too. And even as a solopreneur, you have, you know, a business, too. You work with people, too. You hire graphic designers. You hire VAs, too. You have all of these people that you have to think of and bring in mind when you think about, you know, you as a company and you have to think about diversity, diversity as it relates to maybe even just diversity of thought. That is something as an entrepreneur that's important to understand as it relates to equity, equity and the people that you invite to your platforms. Maybe you have a podcast. Maybe you invite people to your Facebook group. Maybe you have a blog. How many people are on those platforms that don't look like you? How many voices are you amplifying that are from people from marginalized communities? As an entrepreneur, these are things that you should think about. And as it relates to inclusion, how inclusive is your messaging? Is your headliner, hey, blondies, check out my da-da-da-da-da? 
if that's the case, guess what? Natasha is not a blondie. So you are like excluding me from even wanting to be your potential client. So when I go to your page, when I go to your Facebook group, when I go to your LinkedIn profile or your website and I see, hey, zesty blondie or hey, blonde babe, that's automatically excluding me, right? If I look through your pictures and I see nobody that looks like me, guess what? I'm not buying your shampoo, honey, because my hair, my hair has a very certain need. You know, like if you are a relationship coach and I'm a, a lesbian, if I go to your page, how many women will I see there? Or is it just, you know, heterosexual couples? Things like that. Like these are why these are reasons why you can't just say corporate, this is for you, and then not think about the fact that also as an entrepreneur. You should be thinking about how you can be inclusive as well, because you can make a social impact. A lot of entrepreneurs think that that social impact thing is for corporate, or maybe I can only make social impact by donating 10% of my profits on Christmas Day to this organization. But no, you can do so much more to be impactful. Because remember, before you're a business, you're a human. So by teaching yourself, and if you have a team, teaching your team how to be inclusive, how to avoid unconscious biases and all of these other, you know, related topics. Like if you can teach yourself and your team these things, not only will you show up positively and impactfully as an as an individual and as a business, you'll also show up as a team being impactful as it relates to social impact, as it relates to equity and equality in the world. So don't think that you're too small for this. Don't think that you need a hundred employees to make a difference. Don't think that, you know, this is something that you should leave to the Googles and the Coca-Colas of this world because Insert your brand name is just as important as it relates to social impact. That is a fact. You said that so beautifully. That was just, that was, yeah, I mean, it's, it's totally true. And I, I will just say that more people are paying attention now. So if you're a small business, all of those things that Natasha just said, yeah, like more people are paying attention now. Um, I'm checking. I'm checking. I don't have any employees, but I have external teammates and I'm very intentional when I hire them and I'm very intentional with who I give my business to. Mm, Right. So a lot of entrepreneurs make money off of other entrepreneurs. Like, and we know it, right? Like, so, I mean, business coaches, for example, we know it. And so, yes, I'm just, I'm very intentional. So, I mean, I, I can't say it any better than you said it. So just keep that in mind, everybody. Natasha said it. If you need to replay that part, <laughs> go back. Let's do it again. But okay. All right. All right. So what about number two? Mm, number two, I would say that number two would be, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially my potential clients and most of the times my clients end up saying things like, you know, I don't want to say or do anything because, you know, I don't want to say or do the wrong thing. So I'm just going to not do anything at all. And that's the way that it should be. Like the blind spot is that, you know, they feel like not saying anything at all is is better than saying the wrong thing, right? They feel like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to go out there. I don't want to post a picture because maybe I'll post the wrong picture. I don't want to, you know, show my social impact because maybe I will say something in my messaging and somebody will be offended by it. So I don't want to offend anyone. And if I do offend someone now, I'm going to have cancel culture against me and nobody's going to like me anymore, you know? So people have this blind spot of, I don't want to be performative. So rather than be performative, I'd rather just not perform. I would rather just not show show up as my authentic self because I know that's what Ruthie is all about. And if you are authentic in being that you want to help, if you are authentic in your care about inclusion, if you are authentic about wanting to be an ally and an advocate for marginalized communities, whichever community that is, hopefully it's all of them because, you know, 
it's all of them. It's not just like, you know, brown people or only LGBTQIA plus people, but like in making sure that you are not so afraid and you that you allow fear to keep you away from doing things and being who you should be as it relates to standing up in society for inclusion. That's a really good point. And, and it's so funny. So this fear that, that they, that people experience, it's so funny. It's so overwhelming that they, it, the fear is so strong that they think the only choices are, are doing something or doing nothing. Right. And, and they don't consider the third choice, which is why don't you phone a friend, phone a friend, write up whatever it is you're going to write up and then phone a friend and ask them, does this pass the litmus test? Does this make me sound like a racist or a sexist or that I hate LGBTQIA plus people? Like, is this a horrible mistake? Tell me. Right. And so I think that that's the other thing. And I, I've told this, to, I've said it in my live streams. I tell people like, hey, if you're going to post something for this thing and you want another set of eyes on it, I'll give you some eyes and I will give you my honest opinion. I will let you know. I was like, but don't not do anything. But you do maybe need to do the extra step to make sure that you're being a good ally, right? And I think that that is the the thing that people fail to con- to consider, you know? I agree, I agree. Because like everybody feels like they don't want to be the bad person, right? They feel like, I don't want to be the bad guy. So rather than saying like, you know, let me not do anything, let me not be the bad guy, you're kind of being the bad guy. Yes. Because like there isn't, there is not really a middle ground like, you know, they say silence is violence. And I think Martin Luther King also has a quote that basically says the same thing. Whereas like you are by not saying anything that's giving consent for the things to continue to happen the way they were happening before. That's basically saying that we don't really, you know, change is not that important to me. I'd rather stay stagnant because stagnancy is where we are now with all of the inequities of the world, with all of the marginalized people of the world, with all of the people that are not getting what they deserve because of who they are, because of showing up as their authentic selves. They don't get to, you know, allow themselves to have the privileges that other people have. So by saying, you know what, I'm so afraid I won't say anything. You're actually saying, well, you know what? I don't care enough to put myself in a position that I'm uncomfortable and uncomfortability is my comfort is more important than your issues, basically. Right. And, and discomfort is where growth happens. And yes, Martin Luther King Jr. does. He, he wrote it in the letters to Birmingham. Um, and you can find those letters. The book I found them in was uh, Why We Can't Wait. But he basically says that he said, oh, yeah, I I actually posted it for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. But he basically says that, you know, black people's biggest problem is not the Ku Klux Klaner. It's not the red liner. It's not it's not any of those people. It is the white moderate because the white moderate is always telling the black person to wait. Now is not a good time. And he says the white moderate has the audacity basically, to put a timetable on another person's freedom because they are comfortable. And and what he says is that they would rather have an unjust peace than to actually fight for justice. And that is the danger in sitting in the gray area. That is the danger in, oh, not my fight. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, it's not? Oh, okay. Yeah. We're taking note. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, like you you said at that time, Ruthie, like all of all of that, all of that, I am amening to the hundredth power. Yeah, and that's I mean, that just tells you, I think, what a visionary he was and what a fantastic orator he was, because we are sitting here now still, the moderate is still 
the problem. Yep. Because people are like, but I'm not a white supremacist. Yes. And I'm a good right? person. I, I, I didn't storm the Capitol. So I'm clearly not part of the problem. Clearly. Right. And it's just, clearly. it's not so clear. And it's, it's, oh, I always think also of that poem. I don't remember it word for word, but the sentiment is basically, you know, right. When they came for this marginalized group of people, I didn't say anything because I wasn't a member of that community when they came for, and he does it like four or five times. It's a very famous one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they came for me, there was no one left to speak up for me. Wow. It was a really good one. See, I got to, I need to memorize these things so I, I can rattle it off and sound hella cool. I know. <laughs> Anything that MLK says that we can repeat will sound cool, like no matter what. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, and that poem, that poem, I think actually came out of uh, World War II Germany, maybe? I think oh. that's the time frame. Yeah, it was a, I think a journalist wrote it, maybe. Um, I could be wrong, but what I will do to make up for being wrong on the audio is I will put it in the text. This is why all of these get turned into blog posts, because then I have an opportunity to go back and fix myself. There you <laughs> so. go. There you go. <laughs> okay, so let's get into point number three. We've we've given a ton of, of info here already. So let's let's go ahead and get into point number three, and we can take, we can bring it home. Let's bring it home. Okay, so the third blind spot that I would say is not being consistent, and you know what happens with inconsistency. This leads to the perception of your brand as being performative. Yes, the P word, the P word that so many people are afraid of. It's like, oh, performative. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and that happens with inconsistency. You know, like, for example, Three months from now, is it exactly three months from now? Well, in three months, we're going to be in George Floyd anniversary territory, right? And if we are in George Floyd anniversary territory, we will also be reminded of all of those allies that came during that era and left. And now one year later, there is no consistency. So if you are going to be, you know, a person that is an advocate for DEI, Don't just do one pride event and then say, I did a pride event, so now I'm good. Because then your brand perception is going to be performative. Then you are going to be exactly that thing that you were saying that you don't want to be. The the catalyst of being a great ally is sustainability. Sustainability. Sustainability comes with accountability. So if you have like some type of accountability factor, even as a solopreneur, like I can't say it enough, like don't feel like, well, I'm a solopreneur. Who can I be accountable for? It looks to left, looks to right. Oh gosh, it's only me. You can be accountable for yourself. You can have a buddy who is also an entrepreneur who also wants to be like inclusive. You guys can be accountability buddies for each other to make sure that you stay on target, stay on track and don't allow inclusion to be something that you do only on MLK Day only for Black History Month, only for Pride Month, only when it's some type of anniversary of somebody that, you know, that is a part of a marginalized community. It has to be sustainable. It has to be sustainable. That's why I always tell people, going back to MLK, you know, he says that if you can't crawl, walk. If you can't, if you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. You know, that I also don't remember exactly how it goes. But at the end of it, it says whatever you do, like, don't stop. Right. So don't be an entrepreneur and be like, or, or a corporate client. Don't be corporate or an entrepreneur and feel like, oh my gosh, George Floyd just happened. Now my employees are in an uproar. Let me tell them that I'm going to overcommit to all of these things. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And that lasts until Saturday. And now Sunday comes and they're like, hey, 
Where is that group that you said you were going to form? Where is that committee? Where is that, you know, paper that you said you were going to give out? Where is that mentorship program? Where is this? Where is this? Where is this? You're not being sustainable. So to be sustainable, one of my tips to you, this is an extra free tip. Do not overcommit. If you cannot walk, you are not, nobody is going to blame you for crawling. If you cannot run, like nobody is going to complain that you're walking, but continue to walk. Don't run today and then run out of breath. And then now, you know, like two months later, now we're looking to you like, oh, wow, look at all of the great things that they've done. Let's see what they'll do this week. And crickets. That is not what allyship is about. I mean, you know, allyship is a journey and it's a commitment. If you are in a marriage, for example, you don't want your spouse to like go all out because, you know, you because he wants you now, like he wants to marry you. And now he's going all out. And now you're married. And you can't even get him to sit down and watch Netflix with you. Right. That's not what you want. And in the same way, in an allyship journey like you, we don't want that either. We want sustainability. We want you to choose to do things that, you know, you can do and build on that in the future. Don't build a mountain and then like come sailing, skiing down, build up slowly, go at your own pace. Do not go too slowly now, people. Because that also is not a good thing. It's not a good thing to say, well, I'm just going slow. And then six months down the line, you haven't done anything at all. Be actionable. Be actionable within the confines of what you can do sustainably. As you get those balls rolling, Get add another ping pong ball. Turn that ping pong ball into a football. Turn that football into like a soccer ball. Let's say a soccer ball is bigger than a football for the, you know, for this, for this conversation. And just continue to grow, but continue to grow sustainably. And with accountability. I love that. And to your point about, you know, people reactively over committing to DEI issues, I saw two problems with that. The first problem that I saw with that, besides the one that you already mentioned, right? The overcommittal, is the assumption that you have the answer. The assumption that you're even expected to have the answer as a reactive thing, you probably should have hired or at least brought in a consultant for a discovery session. Agreed. Because if you had the answer, wouldn't you have done it already? Right. Like, and so for me, that that was always the real big thing, like the overcommittal you believing that you were supposed to have the answers or that people expected you to have the answers. And if you are, and then we run into this issue of allyship, you are meant as an ally to use your privilege where you can to make space for the people that you have allied yourself with. It is not, and we talk about that, right? Like the savior complex. It's not your job to come in and save the day, but use your privilege to the extent that you can to make that space. So if you're the corporate leader and you are and you have the authority to bring in a consultant, make that space. You do not need to be the engineer of all the programs and the mentorship and the incubators. Like, because again, if if, if you had those ideas already, why didn't you do it? Or did you get on Google and, and, and search what the things were to do. And Forbes said, these are the top five things for corporations to do. So you're going to enact all of them. Yep. Right. And so that just, that doesn't make sense, but that's what a lot of people did. And then we don't have time to go into it now. So maybe we need to have like a clubhouse room about it or something. Maybe we could go live or do a live stream or something. Damn. But I think this is also where we run into that problem of, 
of DE&I consultants being hired outside of the areas where they have they have their experience, right? So if 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 you're looking at George Floyd's anniversary is coming up and the consultant you bring in is a white person, if you it's Pride Month and the consultant you bring in is a person who is not a member of the LGBTQIA community, right? If you have a global office and you have a lot of employees who are from Asian countries and you bring in a black person to, to talk about COVID xenophobia, like. Yes. <laughs> yep. You know, so I think that that's kind of the other thing that we have to look at as well is people will go where they are comfortable. And, and while we often see it with the white DEI consultants in terms of like race discussions and, and race training, you know, it's possible to see it in other areas too. Just like I said, LGBTQIA, uh, COVID related xenophobia towards uh, Asians around the world. We, I mean, people just need, I think, to be a bit more thoughtful. If you want to talk race relations and the person, the consultant you have hired, Looks like you and you're white and they're white. What discussion are you having? And listen, Ruthie, like that moment of silence was like truth because that happened so often. I know like we, we don't have time to go into it, but I see that happening so often. So I was literally like, you know, nodding my head off like, yes, 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 Ruthie. Uh, but it's important to understand like now, back then I was thinking that the PhD was what I needed to like solidify myself. But now I understand that the lived experience is something that nobody else can understand unless you've had that lived experience. And that's why it's so important. I can never do a how to, you know, how to make LGBTQIA plus plus people feel like their authentic selves at work da, 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 without the assistance of a, a person from that community. Nobody has ever caught me like, you know, kissing a girl. Nobody has ever came at me and saying like, Natasha, you can't get married or, you know, we don't want you as a part of the family anymore. That has not happened to me. And I can't pretend that it does because that's not the magic word. It starts with A, Ruthie. What is it? Yes, exactly. And that's not what we want for sustainable change. Authentic. And I mean, and if the thing is, so this is something I've been saying, it, it is, takes more energy to suppress than it takes to express. Ooh, love that. So if you are being authentic, you are being open, right? Like that, you are being open. And typically that means you're being vulnerable, right? And we don't like that feeling. And so race discussions, LGBTQIA inclusion discussions, disability uh, representation or accessibility discussions, all of those things make people who are not part of those communities uncomfortable. Arguably, people who are in those communities get uncomfortable too, but it's for a completely different reason. Sure. We're uncomfortable because you're uncomfortable. <laughs> like, that's, that's why that happened. But Yes. Okay. So obviously you and I have obviously a lot more conversations in us, um, which is good because ah, we're going to have such good fun. Um, but Yay, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and close this out because I feel like we could just keep going, but I just want to say thank you so much. Do you have a preferred way for people to reach out to you? I know that you, like you said, you work with solopreneurs and, and you regularly run programs and things. So where, where is it, where's it best for people to reach out to you? Well, actually, for my solopreneur entrepreneur clients, I had just finished up uh, a few weeks ago a workshop that I did. It's a five-day workshop about in income, inclusion, and impact for entrepreneurs. So in that, we talk about the mindset of inclusion. We talk about how to create a DEI statement. We talk about a lot of the things that we talked about today. So find me on Facebook. Um, join the group, Impact, Inclusion, Income, for entrepreneurs and all of that stuff will be there for the free. 
Awesome. That's amazing. Okay. And we'll be sure to include all of Natasha's relevant links as well. So you can go follow her. And if you're on Clubhouse, make sure you follow her. And then you can do like I do and just follow her around and join all the rooms that she's in and you won't regret it. I promise. Um, look, that's literally how I find the best rooms. I just follow people around. That's how I do it. I do the same thing. Um, and you are one of those people, yeah. might I add. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Um, okay. So yeah, that is it for today's podcast episode. This was Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, speaking with Natasia Miller, the fabulous and wonderfully empathetic diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. And I don't know, maybe we just need to start. We'll just do some like random travel episode. (laughs) And you can educate us on that and I will do it because I, I don't care about the SEO and I'd love to hear more travel stories. But for those of you who got great value out of this episode, again, please like, share, give us a review, but especially the share because these conversations are important. And I hope that by hearing us have this conversation, it gives you and people in your network permission. Not that you need me to give you permission, but people seem to think they need permission. So if you think you need it, here it is. Have these discussions in your own network please. So thank you so much. And again, this was an episode of the Defiant Business Podcast, and we will see you again next time. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. Please make sure that you've subscribed and do be sure to leave us a review if you found this episode at all helpful. And if you think it would be a great resource for someone else, be sure to share it with them. See you next time.